0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Per sources close to me, the Super Bowl is Sunday. Oh. <laughs> I have confirmed. Wow. Yeah. Good info. Yep. I'll tell you. Since being at ESPN. A lot of sources. Super Bowl is Sunday. We're on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, and was m- Taylor
3: Swift more nervous last night at the Grammys, or is she going to be more nervous on Sunday? Watching her man play in the probably Super Probably on Sunday. Oh, Sunday, Sunday for yeah. sure. No control over it. Because she
4: knows she's got it in the bag. She the knew Grammys. she had all the
3: Grammys in the bag. <laughs> After
4: the summer she had, no oh, way yeah. she wasn't going to win. But she can't control the outcome on Sunday, so she's probably more nervous. Okay.
2: She did exactly what I told you she would do. I was so happy. I love her at award shows. She sings along with everyone else's she songs. She did that. And she's so respectful towards other artists and has such a level of appreciation towards other artists. When she, when Miley Cyrus is singing flowers and she's singing in the crowd with her, I find that to be awesome. I find that to be such a sign of respect for like, hey, I know I'm great, but so are these people as well.
3: Yeah, and that's cool, but standing up and singing along. At every single song, every single performance, I see it just small, seems a, like it, it just seems a little bit too much. Like I like I get it. Like you want to big up all of the other artists, especially all the other ladies that were doing it. Because let's be honest, the ladies dominated the Grammys last yes. night, and they yes. deserve to because they make some amazing art. But you can't have every song, every performer be your jam. It can't every every single one of them can't be your bop. Like it just can't be. <laughs> I so like it. So it. So I don't know. So it like if you continue to do it, 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 it starts to feel overdone. Like and it becomes Yeah, it becomes disingenuous. I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm being overly critical of Taylor Swift. But I'm a, I'm one that actually thinks that Taylor Swift. For, is a great thing for the NFL. I and it. I think that her being a part of the storyline going into Super Week is absolutely amazing. I want them to show her throughout the entirety of the pregame and the broadcast because I think it's amazing what she's doing for football.
2: I had, a, I had a moment last night. I was watching the Grammys and the Heat uh, Clippers here on ESPN simultaneously. Ooh. And Sorry for your loss. There were – that's all right. <laughs> uh, there were, you, you should be used to it by now. Which okay. one do you
4: mean? Do you mean the you Heat? Be, or you my team has about, a better record
2: than your you team. Should be, you should be used to it. Are, it. are you are talking about the Lakers? Heat
4: or when you beat his Patriots in the Super
2: Bowl anniversary? Yeah. Okay, should both. I, Sorry yeah, for okay. your loss. Keep <laughs> it moving. Um, so there were three <laughs> moments I had last night, or three different people. I'm like, they still got it. Okay, Kawhi Leonard still has it. Yeah. Tracy Chapman.
4: Tracy Chapman. I don't Amazing. remember the last time
2: she performed, but I don't think she. I think she was perfect on every single note. She may be up there with one of the great voices of all time, and Christina Aguilera still got it. Still got it. those three last: <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, Tracy Chapman, and Christina Aguilera. What a trio. My big three right? from last night have still got it moments okay. in sports and entertainment. All right, we've been talking a lot, obviously, about the Super Bowl, but how these two teams got here, re- relative to specifically the quarterback and roster composition, because if you think about how these two teams got their quarterback, it's insanely impressive, right? The Kansas City Chiefs had Alex Smith, who arguably had the best year of his career. They had a bad stretch during that 2017 season or 16 season, 17, whatever it was. And then they're like, "Ah, maybe we should draft somebody. And they, they went out and traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. The Niners lucked into Brock Purdy, obviously, but then developed him. You think about this. This is not the number one pick against the number one pick. It's not a top five pick against the top five pick. These two teams both deserve a ton of credit for how they found a way differently to get their quarterback. Well, I'll
3: give the Chiefs more credit than I'll give the 49ers. If the 49ers knew what they had, then we would have seen Brock Purdy a lot earlier than we did. And the only reason that he played was due to not injuries to the starter, but also injuries to the backup, right? Trey Lance got hurt, then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. That opened the door for Brock Purdy to step in.
2: Let me ask a question on Go that. Ahead. Historically. Using that premise, which is fair, how do you look at Brady with the Pats and Warner with the Rams? Because they're not obvious ones, like locked into it. Like, how do you look at those two initially? Not what they became.
3: Well, I mean, here's the thing: Brady at least was the backup for a Drew Bledsoe, right? Like, I mean, Kurt Warner it was a guy that they thought they might have had something in. He stepped in when Trent Green got hurt, and in a way, we go greatest show on turf. This dude was buried on the depth chart. He was third going into the start of the 2022 season, and by virtue of injury, he ended up playing and. It's clear that he wasn't in no way, shape, or form a part of the succession plan at quarterback because the guy that they invested three first-round draft picks in was taken in the 2021 draft. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as if he was on the radar to play significant snaps for them. Conversely, Patrick Mahomes was a guy that they had a clear plan for in Kansas City. They had Alex Smith. They had the 27th overall pick, but they traded away future draft capital to move up to number 10 overall to take Mahomes and then resisted the urge to play that dude in the 2017 season. And may I remind folks, that was a season where the Chiefs lost four straight games during one stretch. And I want to say they lost uh, six of seven uh, uh, over that span. Like that That was how bad they were. And so you could have made a case to put Patrick Mahomes in to try to save the season. They didn't do that. Mm -hmm. They decided that they were going to stay the course. They ended up making the playoffs. Mahomes started one game, a regular season finale that meant nothing to him. But it was clear that they had a plan on how they wanted to develop him. And when this guy came out of the incubator, he threw for 50 touchdowns and won the MVP (laughs) and took him to the conference championship game. And we've been here ever since with him being a quarterback. That essentially is unrivaled and unmatched in terms of his ability and his productivity.
4: Yeah, the Chiefs' evaluation of Mahomes, the way that they developed him, it's essentially flawless the way that it worked out. But I will give the 49ers more credit than I think maybe other people will, not because they drafted Brock Purdy when they did as Mr. Irrelevant, but because they made the move when they needed to and remove Trey Lance from the equation. Because I think a lot of other teams may have saw something in Brock Purdy, but because of the investment that you made in Trey Lance, you may try, have tried to see that through and not have gone with Brock Purdy.
2: Yeah, decisions like that are obviously really hard to make anywhere, right? We saw odd comparisons. Milwaukee Bucks are just like, this coach doesn't feel right. We're going to make this hard decision or remove him. Now, CeCe said what he said about the guy they replaced him with, Doc. But I think that that is the key of like, we pay Jimmy G. We traded for Trey Lance and drafted him really high. This other guy's better. We're just going to make this tough decision. And Mr. Irrelevant happens. is yeah, better. He's better. We may have lucked into someone that's better. But these, there's, there's two lessons that I'm curious as teams evaluate the two teams in the Super Bowl this weekend that I wonder if they're learning from. One would be don't play the quarterback right away, which we saw with Mahomes, right? Draf- drafting a quarterback when you want one, not when you need one. I think one.
3: that's the more important of the two lessons yeah.
2: to learn from the Chiefs drafting a
3: guy when you want him, not when you need him. Mm -hmm. Because when you're desperate, you don't necessarily see things the clearest. You don't make the best evaluation when it comes to the player. The second one is
2: the quick hook, right? Like, hey, Trey Lance isn't that guy. Like, let's move on to the next guy. Now, that also could be because they had the other guy, right, in, in Brock Purdy that they saw that we would never have seen. But is there a lesson of a quick hook with a bad quarterback early on?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think moving on, acknowledging that you made a mistake, it it probably puts your franchise in a better position, right? I mean, just thinking about it, like with the New York Jets, they they realize, hey, Zach Wilson ain't it. We got to go do something at the quarterback position. Now, we might not love what they did, but I think everybody knows that this wasn't a guy that you were going to be able to realize the potential of the talent that you were able to assemble on this roster, so on and so forth. So I think there is – there is some wisdom in acknowledging that you made a mistake and being able to move off of it so as to not you know, ruin the, the prospects of whatever the team that you have currently constituted. Uh, so I, I'm with Ev on that one. Uh, it's just interesting to see how this thing plays out with Brock Purdy because while I will give San Francisco credit for trading away Trey Lance, there's a part of me that always wonders, well, just how good could this team have been if you had Brock Purdy, but also had those three first round draft picks,
4: probably pretty good.
3: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you you're, had you're, three I first mean, round draft I mean, picks, I mean, so that's probably pretty I good. Mean, I mean, you got a really good roster. Think about it. This year, you had seven all pros on the team, and that's not even including Nikki Bosa or Debo Samuel. Yeah. That's how good this team is. That doesn't include Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. Like, the, this is a really, really stacked team. How much better would they have been? if they had those first-round draft picks. I mean, we'll always wonder what that would have looked like, but I think in order to exercise that demon, Kyle Shanahan and
2: John Lynch have to win the game on Sunday. They have to. So I do think these two points are actually connected because I think if you draft a quarterback when you want one and not when you need one, you don't have to have the quick hook because the guy's not in the game. If you think about it, if, if the Packers were to make a decision about Jordan Love after year two, he's out. Because he wasn't that good at that point. Sure, They didn't have to play him, though, because they drafted a quarterback when they wanted one, not when they needed one. Because if you take the Trey Lance approach of quick hook, is Bryce Young playing for his job this year? Because he was not good last year. And the Niners, if they had a guy like um, Brock Purdy sitting there, would get rid of Bryce Young.
4: Right? I, I also think we should give them credit because the sample size on Trey Lance, it's not as if they know for sure that he's it's an not going to It's an incomplete, yeah. and they still were willing to gamble on Brock Purdy and move yeah. on from Trey Lance. So I give them credit to do that. You have to; it takes a lot to admit that you were wrong and stay the course, making a decision that might not be favorable in the moment and also giving up on a project like
3: that. Well, here's why I won't give them too much credit, because I'm starting to wonder how long this runway is for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch if they don't break through and they don't win a championship. Like, How, how, how much longer are we supposed to go with this thing? Because, I mean, when you trade away three first-round draft picks, you're trading away your future. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you did. Like, you took Trey Lance and you gave away the other first-round draft picks, and now you don't have Trey Lance either. So exactly what is your future? Well, your future is Brock Purdy, and hopefully he graduates to a point where he can elevate the talent around him. But I think all of us will acknowledge, based on what we've seen this year, that he's not there quite yet. And we all know, based on what Dan Graziano just told us in the 7 o'clock hour and, and what we've been saying all year, is that the window for this current core of players is closing. But guys are starting to get more expensive There are going to be guys that are graduating out of this. Trent Williams is in his mid-30s. George Kittle, wrong side of 30. Kyle Juszczyk, the same thing. Brandon Ayuk is a free agent. Debo Samuel, only been healthy one year out of the last four. Like, you start to wonder how long can we keep this core of players together and how many cracks at it do we have? Because if you're running out of runway with the team and you don't get it done this year, I question – just how long Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to be allowed to make decisions for the 49ers. And before people say, hey, Chris, you're out of your mind, just think about this. Jim Harbaugh went to three straight conference championship games and a Super Bowl, and they fired him. Yeah. Just, just think about that now. Relationship's That's the fr- different, though, obviously. Relationship is different. It is different, and there's not friction between the head coach and the front office because the head coach picked the front office. But I'm just wondering – how long do we continue to allow this to go on in San Francisco, especially if we're saying that this is the last best chance for you know the foreseeable future that they have of winning a championship?
2: I think, obviously, as you know, Brock Purdy's a lot better already than you think he is, but I, I am interested in this, and, and I'll tease this for coming up, and we got to get to um, some other things though in terms of how you're feeling, but I want to know from you guys, do you think the Niners are good or bad at evaluating quarterbacks? Are they good at evaluating quarterbacks or bad we know they're good at developing them. Good or bad at evaluating them? We'll get your answer coming up. It's unsportsman. Uh and yes. we gotta talk
3: about just how good I think he
2: is versus how good you think he is. Okay. We gotta get to that. We will coming up. It's unsportsman like on ESPN radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens?
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All right,
2: we're going to get to how you feeling in a second. Some of the props for the Super Bowl. We had two lingering questions that we got to ask here and answer. Number one, San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. We know they're great at developing quarterbacks. In your minds, are they great at evaluating quarterbacks? Brought in Jimmy G, got rid of Jimmy G. Traded a ton for Trey Lance, traded Trey Lance. If Brock Purdy they knew was going to be so good, why would you wait to the last pick in the draft to draft him?
4: But they still drafted him.
2: I know. Yeah. That's why it's a hard question. Well, they had a fourth round gate
3: on on, on Brock Purdy. Like, and waited
2: till the seventh. And,
3: well, they waited till the seventh because uh presumably they had other needs, but they had a fourth round gate on Brock Purdy. That's according to Jed York and 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 Kyle Shanahan um. Peter King's Monday, uh, football morning in America. So th- it's not as if they didn't think Brock could play. They knew he could play coming out of Iowa State. It was just a matter of, can we get this guy where it makes sense for us? Right. And they looked up, and he was still on the board when they had their compensatory pick in the seventh round, so they made the decision to draft him. So, I, I, again, I will acknowledge, like, they saw something in him, and they brought him in his organ- into their organization. They drafted him. So I will give them – Some credit for making that. Now, they ran into it. There's a little bit of luck that that happens with it. And as I've said before, it's better to be lucky than good. But I would say that they're probably better at developing quarterbacks than they are drafting or, or evaluating quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, I would probably go that route as well, although you do have to give them credit for drafting Brock Purdy. I mean, just because they waited and just because the Trey Lance situation didn't work out, still incomplete, we still don't know what he's going to be if he gets the opportunity, but they were able to evaluate Brock Purdy correctly and draft him and bring him in and develop him. So I think you have to give them credit for both.
2: The funny thing on that is if you look at that draft, we may look back at the San Francisco 49ers 2021 draft, and say they, in our lifetime, had one of the worst picks of all time and the best pick of all time. Mm -hmm. If Trey Lance just doesn't play and he never starts, to draft somebody third overall to literally never start is one of the worst picks we've ever seen to draft a guy who could win a Super Bowl with the last pick in the first round is one of the best picks we've ever seen. Same draft, same dra- team. There's plenty of draft busts out there. <laughs> right, I know, but I'm okay. saying but, same draft, same team, same position.
4: But not only where he was drafted, but what you gave up to get out Yes, yeah, that's true. That whole package is that wasn't yeah. your pick really initially. detrimental. Yeah. All
2: right, your question before yeah, we my get quest- to Yeah, my question was, how, how good
3: do you think Brock Purdy is? Because I have him as a top 10 quarterback. As a matter of fact, I have him 10th. If I'm running through my list 10th. of quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Josh Allen, C.J. Stroud, Justin Herbert, Trevor Long, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Now, these are the names that I left off. Jordan Love, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Tua. Like, so I'm giving Brock Purdy a lot of respect, but I still don't think that Brock Purdy is a quarterback that's going to have success independent of the moving parts around him. There are only four or five quarterbacks that we would put that label on in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the quarterbacks that we're thinking of, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Josh Allen, and I'll throw C.J. Stroud in there based on what he did down in Houston. But that's the list. It's only those five guys. So when I talk about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch potentially being in a situation where the walls could be closing in, I'm talking about it relative to what team they keep around Brock Purdy, knowing that there are going to be some moving parts. And I'm not quite sold that Brock Purdy has developed to the point where we can say – this guy's going to have success if he doesn't have these key pieces out there
2: with him. I think he's closer to top five than top ten regardless of what happens on Sunday. And I think he's closer to elevating a B receiver to an A and not Ooh, just so benefiting. So you
3: think he's closer to being, to being six,
2: five, to six, seven, somewhere around there than he is to being 10. And I also think wow. that he's closer to elevating a B receiver to an A than, than just benefiting off of the You've A. You've
3: only seen him with A receiver. Yes. How do you yes. know that? Yes. I, well, yes. I understand like, like, that. How do you, like, when, with, when, with A plus.
4: Yeah,
0: you yeah, got Brandon
3: Ayuk, yeah. Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. I think he gives a lot
2: more not help to than you realize And to you, those guys. And, and
4: the dynamic uh, talents of Christian McCaffrey. And Trent Williams. Yes. The best offensive lineman in the world. Okay, so give me 5 through 10 on your list, Evan, and tell me which quarterbacks you put Brock over out of this group. Now, Just,
2: wait. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Are we saying circumstantially like with with the team that they're on cuz that matters here. What do you mean? Meaning if you put Brock Purdy uh, right now yes. on a b-
3: I'm talking about I'm talking
2: about remove like forget about what's around him cuz that's what we're talking about. Okay. The
3: things around Brock Purdy changing in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, independent of what's around him, like these are the guys that I want. Like Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Hurts, Dak, and Brock Purdy. That's six to ten.
2: Yeah. So I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm I love Trevor Lawrence, but he's been better than Trevor Lawrence. I, he should not be, but he is. I now put Herbert right there with him or above because of Harbaugh. Jalen Hurts should be better, but I think it's close. He's better than Dak in my opinion, and I love Dak.
3: Wow. Okay. I mean, he's it, better than Matt Stafford. Right yeah. Now? Right
2: now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, he is. And Matt Stafford's great. He's wow. better and Goff is great. He's better than Goff right now. Wow. That's that's case, you know great. what? He's more he's way more proven than Herbert. Way more proven than Herbert.
4: Right, but we always, proven
2: with what's around it. I was going to say, Justin, <laughs> like,
4: Justin like, Herbert had a coach well, if, that we thought was you know operating two co- at a deficit.
2: Two, two coaches. Yes, he they, he you, can't you know. play with another team. He plays on the team, he's on.
4: But that's the hypothetical conversation, But it though.
2: will
3: be another team, though. I guess it's, that's the whole point. This will be another team. Right. Because so, they can't keep everybody
4: together.
2: And I believe yeah. it's going to be great with him. Just like
4: with Patrick Mahomes, when you remove Tyree Kill from the equation, it's not as if... He didn't play better. He They won a Super Bowl after that. It doesn't really matter if he's got that number while well, he's still at Travis Kelly. Yeah, and
3: Trevor Lawrence saying. survived the nightmare that was Urban Meyer yes. and came back and went to the playoffs and won a playoff game with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, like and before he got hurt this year and concussed, then that, that team was 8-3. and three.
4: Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Like, if he went to the playoffs with the Detroit Lions. Yes. So I just – I, I don't know. Like, I just – I don't know. When we start – We start saying that he's above these guys in terms of the talent and what's going to happen, what he can do with the pieces around him. I'm just hesitant just because we don't have any proof of concept of that. It's just, oh, I'm watching the games, and I think that he has gotten to this point because he came from behind in two playoff games and won them. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, well, if you watch the games, especially if you watch the Lions game, the best play he made with his arm was bouncing a football off of a – Lions defensive back and into the hands of Brandon Ayuk. That was the best play he made with his arm all day.
4: Some big plays with his legs. Yeah, Yeah,
3: he made some big plays with his legs, but without that play to Brandon Ayuk, that comeback doesn't happen. Right. So I just I don't like I again. I'm not trying to take credit away from him. I just want to keep what he's doing in its proper perspective. And I think we we live in a world where everybody wants to go to one end of the spectrum or the other one, and I'm just not willing to do that. I'm just not. I, I think he's a good quarterback. Like I said, a lot of respect on Brock Purdy's name, having him as a top 10 player, and above Jordan Love and Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins and Tua and Jared Goff. I'm putting a lot of respect on his name. I'm just not willing to go there and say, yeah, I think he's
2: you know close to being a top five quarterback. I think he's about to win the Super Bowl and probably Super Bowl MVP, so I'm comfortable saying that right now. What
3: happens if he doesn't, though? What happens if he doesn't win the Super Bowl?
2: Then he was in the Super Bowl, and he'll get his third year as a starting quarterback, second full year. That's how young he is. Is he he still closer to five than he is to ten? For me, yes. Yeah. For me, he is. Okay. Let's get a couple of uh, how you feelings in here and Super Bowl props. How you feeling about Brock Purdy, 242 and a half passing yards?
3: Ooh, I'm going to go with over. The San Francisco 49ers are notoriously getting out to slow starts. And our very own Joe Fortenbaugh talked about that a little bit on Friday when he joined the show. And so I think this ends up being the same. They get out to a slower start, and Brock Purdy is trying to throw his team back into the game.
2: Smalls, how you feeling about Patrick Mahomes? 260.5 passing yards over under.
4: I think I'm going to go over. I'm not going to doubt Patrick Mahomes on anything ever again. I don't think he's not capable of anything, so I'll definitely go over.
2: All right, CeCe, how are you feeling about Travis Kelsey? 70 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to go under. He's the guy
3: that the 49ers defense is going to circle in red ink. They're going to try to take him away. Other receivers are going to have to step up, so under 70 and a half receiving yards for Kelsey.
2: Smalls, how are you feeling about Christian McCaffrey? Over, under 89 and a half rushing yards.
4: Ooh, he's obviously such a huge part of this. And he had an average of 91.2 rushing yards per game this season. So I'm going to go over.
2: CeCe, how are you feeling about Debo Samuel? Over, under 56 and a half receiving yards.
3: Ooh, I'm actually going to go over. I think they're going to be run after catch opportunities for Debo. He's real physical. And we know that that Chiefs defense has no problem leaving their corners in man-to-man coverage. And we know that Debo Samuel is great when it comes to short area quickness, those shorter and intermediate routes. So over 56 and a half receiving
2: yards. All right, very quickly, we got two more. George Kittle, smallest, 47 and a half receiving yards, over, under. How I'm you gonna, feeling? I'm
4: going to go under on that one. I think they were going to spread it out a lot, so I'm going to go under with George Kittle.
2: Last one, the guy is a beast, Isaiah Pacheco, 67 and a half rushing yards, over, under. Over. The San Francisco 49ers run defense is suspect. There and he go. had
4: 68 yards versus the Ravens, so.
2: How you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> <That> rushing <part. laughs> yards or all yards there, I should say, for some of the skill position players in the Super Bowl. Coming up, terrible injury for the MVP of the NBA. Will he play again this year? We'll get to that next on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
0: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
1: this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN radio Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman.
2: Unsportsmanlike.
1: Why do I need to see each
3: individually sliced piece of bacon? Like, that doesn't there make any sense. There has to be a reason for it, right? But what's the reason? I, I don't if They know. sell it other ways. It doesn't make sense. Like, it's like, are you showing off every single slice of bacon?
4: Bacon is packaged this way to extend its shelf life and maintain freshness.
3: <laughs> when I go
2: to the store and get a pack of bacon, <laughs> I
3: ain't like, man, I need to save this bacon for next month. <laughs>
2: Smalls is so fun on the air and great and everything. And then uh, when you get it to like really newswoman mode is when looking up packaging of bacon. <laughs> yeah. Bacon. Like, well, according to sources close to me, yeah. bacon is, th- that was amazing. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs>
4: Give me my SportsCenter voice. Yeah,
2: seriously, you just did your SportsCenter voice for bacon packaging is what you did.
4: Bacon is packaged this way <laughs> to ensure the freshness. It's all in the cadence. Mm.
2: Michelle uh, Smallman, ESPN. ESPN. Ah, well done, Pat. Well done. All right. So, well, this is not well done for Pat because he's a Philly sports fan. So Adrian Wojnarowski over the weekend uh, reported that Joel Embiid, of course, is the re- uh, reigning MVP, is undergoing a procedure to address a left meniscus injury in the coming days. That's what the team announced. He's expected to miss an extended period of time. But a more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure, sources said per Woj. CeCe, we need to tap into the brain of someone that played 11 years in the NFL and has had things worded this way in and around you. What does that mean in layman's term for for Joel Embiid? We teacher? ain't going to see
3: him no time soon, if at all, this year. That's that's what that means. I mean, we're talking about a seven-foot guy that has a meniscus issue. The meniscus is essentially the shock absorber for for the knee, for the body. Mm. Like, that's what it is. And so when you start having issues with that, that's going to take some time to heal. If you're the 76ers, you can't try to rush him to get back for the playoffs. I think you have to take a long-range view in terms of what you need to do as a team, which would lead me to believe that this week at the deadline, there'll be sellers as opposed to being buyers. And what you can sell is the opportunity to to get some guys um, to, 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 to take on some cap space for other teams or bad contracts for other guys, And you can get draft picks in exchange for that. Evan, you brought up this idea earlier in the show. And I think it's exactly the path that the 76ers should go down. Because they only have three guys under contract going into next year. I think their position has to be take on bad salary and get teams to give you first-round picks for your trouble, and that way you could use those picks in order to trade for another star to come join alongside Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid in the next season, 2024, 2025, and beyond. I don't think this is a situation where you try to salvage this year by bringing on a player that doesn't necessarily – you know, complement what Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey do. I think this is the point in the season where you have to be sober-minded and make the best long-term decision for the franchise.
4: I don't want to go doomsday scenario, but I'm kind of wondering if it's ever going to happen for Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. It just feels like it's always something. You know, he's playing great we're talking about him as another MVP. Arguably the best season that he's put together up until this point. And then this happens. They're they're poised to be able to push all of the chips in and really fortify themselves as they head into the playoffs. And then this happens with him. It just feels like he's kind of snake bit there, no?
2: I think there's an argument. There's no question about that. And they've tried a lot of different ways, right? They had yes. through the process Ben Simmons there, Markel Fultz, Obviously didn't work. They then say, Okay, well, let's go get James Harden. That didn't work. Then they say, okay, let's make moves to get pieces around Joel Embiid. And now that they have developed, to their credit, they drafted and developed Tyrese Maxey into an all-star player. And it's not that that didn't work, but he's hurt now. And he's always hurt in the postseason. Again, he's not trying to get hurt. He's a phenomenal player. But they're almost at the point now where you have to get someone to be their best player. That's not him even though he's always going to be the best player, almost operate under the how do we get someone to protect us against the fact that he's unfortunately hurt a lot and can Maxi be that guy? I'm on board with the idea of them adding bad salary. The question is how bad, how long is that salary and how much you need to do it? For example, one of the worst contracts in the league that people are saying is Zach Levine who's now out for the season with the Bulls. Would you take two first-rounders to take on Zach Levine? If you're them,
3: yeah. I mean, here's the thing: you're adding you're adding the the bad salaries, but those bad salaries aren't going to be around long because you're going to package those guys Correct. with the picks in order to bring over whatever star that you really yeah. want.
2: And if you get enough, you'll have more. Left than when you started. Exactly. Right. You'll do the so same that's, trade that's, somewhere that's, else. That's in the essence. whole point. So, so I mean it's so there's like, nobody that's off limits for you. No. Name no. a bad salary. If you give me three picks to take them or two picks to take them, I'm good. To yeah, because
3: go. I think they have something like three tradable first round draft picks right now mm-hmm. by virtue of the James Harden trade and the Ben Simmons trade. So I think this is a situation where you're looking at it if you're if you're the Sixers and you're saying to yourselves, hey. What can we do? What salaries can we take on? How many picks can we get so that we have plenty of ammunition this summer to go after the star that we really, really want, a guy that fits what Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are trying to do and where our program is overall trying to go. Somebody that Nick Nurse would be on board bringing in. So I think that's the part that you have to rely on and and you just look at the remainder of the season as not necessarily a throwaway, but an opportunity to allow Tyrese Maxey to grow into his own. But the biggest caveat to all of these scenarios that we're laying out is Joel Embiid being on board with whatever decision you make as a franchise exactly and that's the part that you got to sell them on because it felt like this was a an opportunity for this team to actually break through they've had the second round of the playoffs be their ceiling for the last three or four years it felt like this was the the year it was going to happen you had the best coach in the Eastern Conference of all the teams that we consider contender. Remember, the Bucks are a disaster, and then nobody really believes in Joe Missoula with the Boston Celtics. So you had Nick Nurse, a championship-winning coach, and your team was kind of right there in that third or fourth seed in the Eastern Conference standings. So it just felt like it was the perfect storm in terms of everything coming together for them to break through not to mention mb was averaging over 35 10 and 5 mm-hmm. and he would have been the first player to do that in the league since wilt so like i mean there was it felt like this was going to happen and then you had this injury derail your season so i don't know if mb looks at this as a situation where it's just bad luck or if he looks at it as a situation where it's never going to happen for me here. Yeah. And why not take advantage of the twilight of my prime and go into a team that's closer to winning a chip?
2: Yeah. The the plan that we have laid out, I'm just I want to be clear. The taking on bad contracts to add picks, I don't believe they're going to do. I'd be surprised <laughs> if they actually take our advice on that. I think they're probably going to stay the course or try to add pieces so then if Embiid does come back. But if they know 100% certain that he's not coming back at all this year, that's when you really start to consider that in this scenario. But, I mean, how can you right now even think they could beat the Knicks, the Cavs, the Bucks, the Celtics, and you're not going to pick them over Miami if Miami gets in in the playoffs like, with, with this team like this? No, you're not. No, to beat.
3: Uh, you're not. But I, I guess to your point, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they would go down this road, but the downside to, to not doing anything is scarier. To me, because if you've got all of these expiring contracts coming off your books, if you're, if you're getting rid of Marcus Morris and you're getting rid of Tobias Harris and you're getting rid of Cork Miles and all these other deals, like you just have cap space. Cap space is just air until you get somebody to fill it. in the contract, Because nobody hits free agency and, anymore. And the contracts that you would want, the, like the guys that would be eligible to sign free agent contracts, aren't guys that you want to lock in long term. Ask the Knicks what they did with cap space when they traded away Kristaps Porzingis. Right. They thought they were going to get Kawhi Leonard. They thought they were going to get Kyrie Irving. They thought they were going to get Klay Thompson. None of those guys came to the garden. And, and yet, they, they've had all of these contracts that have had a lot of flexibility, but they haven't been able to fill up you know, the the garden with the requisite stars that it takes in order to break through and get to the championship rounds. Sorry, Nuno, it's just true. So I guess my point is, if you're the Sixers, why would you even want to entertain going down that road? To me, you do something definitive, so you let Joel Embiid know that you're being proactive about trying to surround him with the talent that it's going to take in order to beat the Boston Celtics, in order to beat the Milwaukee Bucks.
2: And I think to have, let's let's spin it positively with this season being lost right cuz this is kind of in a way it's the exact same argument that you have been making cc around lebron is you don't have teams in the nba with star players a big one and two cuz we don't really have a big threes anymore but a Ugh. one and two also loaded with picks what what we're saying is Philly could have Embiid, Maxi, and tons of picks if they do this thing. Your whole LeBron scenario of the hypothetical of trading him and then ultimately him coming back is a one and a two and tons of picks. You either see a one and a two and no picks, or tons of picks and no one and no two. And that's where Philly has actually has an opportunity to say, all right, well, sadly this is a lost year, but we can now be that team with a one and a two. And lots of picks. Our Unsportsmanlike moment plus Canty's best bet coming up next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority.
5: to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash unsportsmanlike.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look.
2: All right, CeCe. Best bat tonight. All you really—you ha- have NBA, NHL, college basketball. Where we you got, going We got this?
3: the gambit, but you know I like the association. So we're going to go back to the association. And we're going to go to the L.A. Clippers coming off of a big win. I don't know how big it was for them, but it was a big loss for the Miami Heat. We're going to go back with the L.A. Clippers. Second night of a back-to-back. We're going to roll with the Clippers over the Atlanta Hawks. But here's the thing. I'm not betting on the actual game. I'm going to bet on production from the players. So we're going to go Kawhi Leonard because it is the second night of a back-to-back under 28 and a half points. <laughs> and we're going to go with DeJounte Murray over 21 and a half points. He's on the trade block trying to get to L.A. The Lakers are the favorites to be able to land him. So I think he puts on a show in trying to convince them to make a move. So DeJounte Murray over 21 and a half points and Kawhi Leonard under 28 and a half points. It pays out at plus 213. A little two late parlay. Okay.
2: If you get the Kawhi one wrong, all hell breaks loose in the NBA. That he not only plays the second night of a back-to-back, but he plays a lot. I feel good about, the, <laughs> I mean, I,
3: I feel good about that one.
2: I'm just going to say, I feel good, I feel pretty good about I, that one. I have already said today, I think the Clippers are going to win the championship, but I don't think Kawhi's playing a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of minutes. But man, oh man. That well, he's playing, game,
3: so we know, get, he's playing in every game. so It's unbelievable. He's playing in every
2: game. It's crazy. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's crazy under the circumstances. Uh, contract,
3: contract extensions do that. Like yeah, when, well, the, when those types of things are on the
2: line. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have four, I think, great unsportsmanlike moments today. So you guys are going to have to pick which one is the most unsportsmanlike. These are quirky, weird things that we see. So Tom Brady was playing in a charity golf tournament, and um, Tom Brady's been good at golf in his life, not like pro-level golf. But Tom Brady teed off and he hit the ball basically into the ground and it rolled like an inch. We, we have it on ESPN uh, U right now. So he's literally teeing off. The ball bounces right in front of him and goes maybe five feet. Love it.
4: Looks like me playing He's though.
2: one of us. He's one of us. One so, of like Like one a weekend hacker. One of us. All <laughs> right, so that's option one, all right? Option two, Johnny Broom or Auburn Ole Miss playing in a college basketball game. Feels like somebody kind of grabbing onto him a little bit as he's falling. And uh, he realizes when he turns around who the someone is. The someone so the ball goes uh, towards the uh, the uh, out of bounds. He kind of falls out of bounds. He feels a hand coming at him. He slaps the hand back. Like what are you doing, touching me? And the hand trying to prevent him from falling into him <laughs> is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and then the, then Johnny Brews like, oh my god, I just slapped Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Sitting courtside of Auburn Ole Miss. The Shawshank Redemption. Seriously. Let me me go back
3: and apologize to Morgan Freeman. I'm sorry for hitting your head like that, sir. That was amazing. I thought you were somebody
2: else. That was amazing. (laughs) He did the circle back.
4: But can you imagine the fear when you turn around and it's Morgan Freeman it's not just a regular person. It's Morgan Freeman that you'd swat it away. Yeah. I can imagine the anxiety that pops up as soon as you see him. But you ends. know what?
3: Heated a moment, that's your natural yeah. reaction. Like, like, I don't of know course. what's happening behind me. Somebody's grabbed me. What's yeah. going on? And then it's Morgan Freeman. I mean, Presu- Morgan. Presumably to say something nice to you. <laughs> Probably. It's like, man, I feel like a terrible person now. My because bad, I slapped Morgan Freeman's hand like that.
2: An so so American treasure. Right? We, we've okay. seen a lot of... Um, fans try to distract players from free throw attempts, right? Like whether they they wave their hands, they put up signs, they do crazy things, whatever. Oakland men's basketball fans had an interesting approach to distract the opposition from from free throws. (laughs) A bunch of shirtless dudes shaving a guy's head into a plastic bag while the opponent is shooting a free throw. It looks like Cleveland State is shooting a free throw and behind the basket, shirtless dudes shaving another
3: guy's head. I mean, but you got to do it for a rivalry game, right? This is a a once-a-season experience. This is pull out all the stops because you can't grow your hair back that fast, dog. You can't do it every single game. So I guess Cleveland State is the big rival. Is that what it is? It is now. I it guess. It has to be. I mean, that's pretty I don't distracting. Know, th- I don't know how you make free throws under those circumstances if the guy is shaving his hair. First of all, how do you get the Clippers in? Past I thought security? the same thing. I how does that even
4: happen? Too. And they had the bag. They were prepared. They had thought all of this out to where you know the hair wasn't going to be all around them after they did the, the haircut. But I thought the same thing. How are you going to get those Clippers inside? Well, I appreciate, maybe. I
3: appreciate the the commitment because that's a heck of a thing to shave off all your hair to distract from free throw attempts. But the question is, how many of them is it because that's got to last the entire game? So there's that part of it. Yep. And then how often do you have a contingent of students that are willing to do that?
2: Now, maybe you connect the dots. How do you get in somewhere where you're not supposed to get in, right? Oakland is in Michigan. Connor Stallion's bringing in the head,
0: oh, the shaver.
4: Evan.
2: Is it possible? The question. He got is, to the, the, the sidelines the, of Western Michigan the, or Central the question, Michigan. The whatever. question
3: is, did it work, though?
2: What was the, What was it? What was uh, the team? Oakland
3: did win. What was the team free throw shooting?
2: Uh, okay, I have to check the
3: box score now. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, not it's,
2: prepared for the follow up. Yeah, to, to be the
3: follow up. Like, did it work? That's what we all want to know. Mm. Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, if they're if they're doing all of this, I'm gonna smuggle in some Clippers. And I'm, and I'm gonna get a dozen or so guys, and we're all gonna shave our heads when the opposing team is trying to shoot free throws under the basket, like. That is a heck of a commitment, and then how does this work out? Like, is it like one group under one basket and the other group under the other basket because the team's change ends of the court with the court, like with the halves, like how does this all work? I
2: have have so many questions about it. All right, here you go. What we got? This is actually remarkable. Oh, great. So Oakland, from the free throw line, in this game against Cleveland State on Saturday, was 23 of 23, 100% free throw percentage. Cleveland State, 8 of 13, 61.5%.
4: Whoa. It worked. It worked.
2: worked. The lack of distraction one way and the distraction the other way. It's only
4: crazy if it doesn't work. Now,
2: speaking of great games on Saturday, although they lost, Steph Curry dropped 60, okay? 60 points, which for Steph Curry, he's Steph Curry, right? Like, he's done things like this before, but maybe your uniform after the game, you'd want to keep it. Unless um, Lindsay Lohan was there because that's where Steph's jersey went after the game that, of course – you see Steph Curry taking off his jersey and hugging Lindsey Lohan, who was in attendance for the Warriors Hawks game. Because why wouldn't she be the native New Yorker going to the Warriors Hawks game? In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Does anyone know
3: how and no why idea. behind this? Is she on location? Is she got a movie that,
4: coming out That it? I don't know. But I just want to say, I am so glad to see Lindsay Lohan back on the scene and thriving.
2: There you go. She looks
4: great. Happy to see her doing so well. I agree. Right.
2: I'm team Lilo, too. I'm, I, I, I Evan, agree.
4: Evan, it's Lilo.
2: No, for me, it's Lilo. Is it really Lilo? Yeah. I always thought it was Lilo the entire time. Wrong. Wrong. It would make sense. <laughs> wrong. But wrong. And wrong. Wrong. <laughs> And you would be wrong, sir. She's had great movies. I'm sorry, Mean, mean Girls, Girls,
4: Freaky Friday,
2: Georgia Georgia Rule. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that one I'm unaware of. With Jane Fonda. Not familiar with that. Oh, one. tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. So there you go. Which one is the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day? Oh, Tom Brady with the slice, right? Really? It has to be Tom. Brady. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I
4: Tom think it's got to be the haircut, guy. The haircut, guys. That's so unique. Well, I mean, they I'm, shave I'm, their heads,
3: but it's what fans do. Like fans sure for fanatic. It,
4: what do you mean? Shaving that, like the a,
2: heads like that? I don't think I've ever seen that before.
4: I don't know. Bill's mafia is
2: vol- jumping through yeah, tables on fire. Yeah, exactly. That
4: seems pretty mild yeah, compared exactly. to some of the other well, It's creative. It's, it's
3: cre- that's what it is. It's creative. I it's love creative. the
4: effort and yeah, exactly. it worked.
3: It might be, I guess, a little unsportsmanlike when you're walking around campus looking like that for the rest of the semester. But... No,
4: I think you're kind of a legend on campus. You're, a you're, on you're, campus? you're, you're all over ESPN. You're all yeah. over social media. You put your school on the map for that game.
3: I think it's Tom Brady with the slice. Quite Literally, we haven't seen him be bad at anything.
2: That's, that's true, true. and yeah, I think he, he's he, going to be good at look, broadcasting for that exact he's gonna reason. He's going to be phenomenal. He's I be agree. Phenomenal. I think everybody thinks he's going to be terrible. I mean, you're
3: going to look into those baby blue blue eyes at the scene set, keep talking. and that's, that's going to be it. Oh, it's, God it's yeah. just gonna, keep talking. That's exactly, and that's what you're going to say to your screen when he's on doing the game. Look at him. Just
2: keep talking, Tom. Keep talking, Keep, Tom. Talking. Tom. keep talking to me. By the way, I I'm think you pointed this out. Cece, <laughs> I actually think you pointed this out, and I didn't pick up Get on it. Get a room. <laughs> yeah, geez. Evan. Wait a second. If we show this video again on ESPNU, was this the third guy whose head was shaved? Yes.
4: Yeah, all the guys had didn't I didn't pick yeah. up on this.
2: No, there's two all those guys. The other guys.
4: Like, like 10
3: that's, guys That's there. what he was saying. Yeah, I know. How I know you were saying that. that I didn't realize,
2: that. realize how many different times yeah. they actually did this. They did. How many, this, got, this is the most like. How, how
3: many guys does it take to get the other team to miss five free throws? Well, at least
4: four. It's, it's
3: <laughs> more than four. It's like a dozen guys yeah. back there. It's a bunch of guys.
2: Yeah, that's it. Uh, That's the winner. That's That's the most unsportsmanlike moment. I didn't pick up on that. You're right. That's the most unsportsmanlike moment. Greedy coming up next. We are on to Tuesday. We are unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance.